Welcome to the most enchanted podcast in all the realms. I'm Lynn. I'm Elisa. And I'm Chell. Together, we are the, the Narrators, Narrators 3. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch, where all plot devices come with a price. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 3, Episode 20, Kansas. The air date for this episode was May 4th, 2014. May the 4th be with us all. The writers for this episode was Andrew Chambliss and Kalinda Vasquez. The director was Gwyneth Horder Payton. And the title card features the Emerald City. Happy New Year! Okay, it's 2023. Let's all hope that uh, this year treats us a lot better than the last years. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, overall, my 2022 wasn't that bad. Well, you two got married. That's different. Yeah, so like we got married. So I'm like, yeah, there was a lot of shitty stuff, but we got married, so I can't hate on 2022 too much. (laughs) No, no, I'm thinking more like societal. Like overall, I definitely, I definitely understand that that gets better. Yeah, societally, 2022 was a trash fire. Yeah, it's just on on a micro level, I can't complain about it too much. No, of course not. (laughs) On a macro level, yes, please, let's fix that shit. Yeah, it was a garbage fire. On a micro level, though, we good. (laughs) And may it get better and better. Yeah. We begin in Storybrooke as the Charming Swan family arrive at the hospital, where Dr. Whale, the only doctor in this one-horse town, greets Mary Margaret to help wheel her to a hospital room. Sir, you are not a qualified obstetrician. To quote Regina, he got his degree in a curse. So basically we're off to a terrible start. At the same time, Mr. Gold, who is being loomed over by Zelina, is using his spinning wheel in his cage to create a pile of golden strands. Zelina transforms them into a golden brain that she'll use in her plans to create her time-traveling spell. We then flash back to the Emerald City of Oz of the past where Zelina watches Rumpelstiltskin train Regina through a portal as she plots her scheme to destroy her half-sister. Glinda then arrives to introduce herself, thanking Zelina for breaking the hold the wizard had on Oz, and to offer Zelina the chance to embrace her real destiny. Glinda wishes Zelina to come with her and meet her real sisters. Zelina looks so angry about it. She's like, (laughs) I'm grumpy though. I don't want friends. I want to be bitter. She's very like, if you're salty and you're no, clap your hands, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just, this bitch likes her salt and vinegar, you know. She likes to grump for the sake of grumping. Uh-huh. We return to Storybrooke of the present, where Zelina is the worst prison guard, ordering Mr. Gold to dig crop circles in the barn. Zelina acknowledges his disdain for her plan, as Gold believes one cannot alter destiny. The Wicked Witch is confident she can, ensuring Cora keeps her, erasing Regina's birth, thereby giving Zelina every opportunity she was not afforded. Gold informs her that no matter what Zelina changes about her past, she will never escape being her awful self. Which is like, you can change all you want, man. It's still not going to make you any less salty, bitter, or bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the hospital, David is reassuring a panic-stricken Mary Margaret who is doubtful of their baby's safety. David gently reminds his wife, this time... We have someone else on our side. His gaze pans over to the corridor where Emma and Regina are working together to use their combined queer love powers to erect a protection spell. Legit love them working together so much. Lesbians are magic and will save the day. They really are just two swords away from just being sword lesbians. Yeah. And Emma already has a sword, so we just need to get- That's true. 
Yeah, just she, need to get Regina her, a sword. Borrowed her dad's. And then she inherited um, Bale's fire. Well, I mean, <gasps> oh. so, I mean, we've already got my favorite dynamic practically, which is sword lesbian and witch lesbian. Mm-hmm. There we go. Hook then arrives to explain to Emma about why Zelina cursed him. But Emma is being, frankly, very mulish about this, and I am rather quite irritated about it. Because Hook is a himbo, and gosh darn it, I think he did the right thing. I do feel really bad for Hook here. Overall, Emma has been backsliding into some bad habits these past couple episodes. Yeah, like, I get that Hook has done some not great things, but Emma is being really unfair at this point. Yeah. Well, as I've picked up from Lynn, any hoodle. (laughs) (laughs) David interrupts the two by suggesting that Hook and Emma should go together to defeat Zelina. Are you insane is Emma's reaction as she is reluctant to have Hook tag along. David admits that Zelina backed Hook into a corner and Hook did the best he could. Himbo's looking out for himbo's. We'd love to see it. Hook worked so hard to win Charming over and now they are bros for life. With handmade friendship bracelets and everything. Aww. Emma is still combative about it but gives in. She kisses Henry goodbye leaving him in the care of Regina who is staying at the hospital to ensure Mary Margaret's safety. In the hospital waiting room, Archie is keeping Henry company as the boy browses the classifieds, looking for an apartment he and Emma can move into as the loft will be crowded with a baby. I mean, it was crowded before, but good job, Henry. You have common sense. (laughs) As always, Henry is the only adult in the room. Yeah, I like that, like, just all this magical shit is just going down. He's like, oh, are you really nervous? He's like, nah, both of my moms have got it. I'm 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 here looking at the classifieds. I got to I'm concerned place. about real estate. I'm concerned about <laughs> real estate. <laughs> I love how chill Henry is. And yeah, just being very realistic and pragmatic mm-hmm. about everything. Archie gently asks Henry if he has brought up the topic of relocating back to Storybrooke with Emma. But Henry does not believe this subject even warrants a conversation as Storybrooke is home. This little scene was so sweet. But it also really broke my heart because we know at this time Emma doesn't want to stay. But Henry is so happy to be home around those he loves. And then Archie is just so, so soft. And it's just, it was a really good moment. It is a very sweet scene. I genuinely love Henry and Archie's friendship. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. Meanwhile, we cut to Hook and Emma, who is lamenting regret over bringing Henry back to Storybrooke. Wah, wah. Emma reveals that once this is over, she and Henry are leaving Storybrooke. But Hook argues that part of them will always belong in Storybrooke, the real part of their lives that were not falsified. Hook further inquires what Henry thinks, but Emma puts on a mother-knows-best defense. Emma, don't be a butt. Hook sees through the bluff and asks her why she is so scared of staying. He believes it is because Emma can envision a happy future in Storybrooke, a happy future with him perhaps. Zelina and Gold abruptly interrupt them, catching them off guard as Zelina makes Emma choose between Hook and her magic, using her control of Rumpelstiltskin to force Hook into an open water tank and make him drown. I mean, really, she could just kick Rumpel in the balls and that would solve the problem. Bingo bongo. (laughs) No one ever wants to go for the nut kick, and I don't know why. (laughs) We return to Oz of the Past, where Glinda introduces Zelina to her sister witches of the North and East. Glinda of the South represents love, the North Witch represents wisdom, and the Eastern Witch represents courage. They are powerful on their own, Glinda explains, but together they are unrivaled. 
They wish to offer Zelina the seat of the West, representing innocence. Glinda tells a reluctant Zelina that she doesn't have to be wicked and believes that she can be good if she can put aside her vengeance against Regina. Lena is just like, but I like being angry. It's my thing. She also has this whole like, now that there's all of you, you could help me with my time travel shtick. And Glinda, like, Glinda, sorry, wicked. Glinda is just like, for fuck's sake, enough with the fucking time travel. It's always time travel with you. Like, she is so done. It's amazing. She's just, the fucking time travel, Zelina. You're on the wrong show. (laughs) However, the sisters tell Zelina of a book that Glinda keeps that foretells the arrival of a powerful woman to Oz via a cyclone. And Zelina is led to believe that she was the one that they've been looking for. In present day, Emma rescues Hook from the water and revives him using mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. When their lips touch, a wave of magic is released from Emma and with it, Hook's curse. Hook is stunned that Emma would make a sacrifice of giving up her magic to save him, asking her, What did you do? (laughs) Back in Oz. Zelina is attempting to channel the art of Zen and letting it the fuck go. Glinda appears and on behalf of her sisters gives Zelina the light pendant that will harness and protect her as it grows her powers, but tells her that once it is removed, she will be powerless. After Zelina takes the pendant, her green skin disappears. Zelina thanks her, but Glinda takes no credit, telling her new sister, Witch of the West, that she was the one who chose to let go of her envy and take control of her own destiny. The feather was inside of you all along, Dumbo. (laughs) Please don't drag my good baby boy down with this dipshit. (laughs) (laughs) We return to Storybrooke, where Mr. Gold and Zelina are marching down to the hospital. Grumpy sounds the alarm, where Robin and the Merry Men are easily knocked the fuck out. Of course they are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what a vanguard is for. (laughs) Belle is next, but Zelina makes her fall unconscious, and all a helpless Rumple can do is help catch her and ease her down before Zelina barks at him to follow her. Regina charges Archie with taking Henry in hiding just as Zelina approaches. Unfortunately, Regina is knocked out pretty easily as Emma's protection spell has been terminated. Back in Oz of the Past... Moments after Glinda reveals the vast potential of the western lands of Oz to its new ruler, both Glinda and Selina witness a green cyclone arriving. The witches go to examine the debris left behind and discover a young girl among the rubble. She tells them that her name is Dorothy Gale, and when they ask her where she is from, Dorothy tells them that she is from Kansas, but wants to know where she is and who are they. When Glinda suggests that they take Dorothy to meet her sisters, Selina's jealousy starts to reemerge. Oh no, not another plucky brunette. Zemel's <laughs> like, I traveled by cyclone before it was cool, and I was a magic baby. <laughs> In present day Storybrooke, Mary Margaret finally gives birth to a baby boy, which comes just in time for Zelina and Gold to arrive to steal him. Zelina then freezes Mary Margaret and David and disappears with the newborn prince. God damn. Poor Snow and Charming, and, and especially Snow. This is the second time she's given birth and instantly had the part with the baby. This time with him literally being ripped from her arms. Like the levels of trauma she must have. I feel so bad for them. The scene was awful. So upsetting. Back in Oz of the past, the other witches are charmed by Dorothy, who is humbled by their hospitality. However, Zelina has become more envious than ever, as evidenced by her green skin returning. 
Glinda tries to talk with her, but Zelina reveals growing insecurities as she read the Book of Records full prophecy, which she interprets as Dorothy replacing her, saying that she is the greatest evil and a threat to Oz. Jesus Christ, you self-sabotaging ass. I dare say she is more of a self-sabotager than Regina. Regina had actual stakes and people invested in keeping her under their control, like Cora and even Leopold. Zelina has to answer to literally nobody. You know what I mean? Like, no one. Yeah. Selena's like that meme that's like, don't let anyone else ruin your day. It's your day. Ruin it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that is her. <laughs> that's basically Zelina's whole life, I feel like. Like, she, she didn't need to do this. She, it's your day. She, ruin it yourself. She could have been great and powerful and, and hung out with her sister witches and it would have been fine. Well, it's not in the cards for this dum-dum. No. <laughs> Glinda reiterates that only Zelina can shape her destiny, but if she believes herself to be evil, that is what she will become. We return to Storybrooke, where a despondent Mary Margaret triggers himbo action prince mode. As David rips off his hospital gown, don't worry, he isn't bare ass this time. Into the woods with his bare ass. <laughs> grabs his scabbard sword and marches out into the corridors. God damn, that David is so hot right now. I know. So dreamy. So dreamy. Regina tries to stop him just as Emma and Hook arrive back at the hospital to explain what had happened. Henry believes that Regina can defeat her half-sister, even though his mother believes all she possesses is dark magic. Emma recalls the light magic Regina used to revive everyone's memories. True love's kiss. Henry states that Regina was once a villain, but she is a hero now and he believes in her. I I know. I really liked Henry's Regina pep talk. I thought this scene was lovely. It's so precious, and I just love Henry. Protect this boy at all costs. I know. Precious Henry. Back in Oz of the Past, Zelina surprises Dorothy at the well, where Zelina's green skin returns, making her evil as ever as she threatens Dorothy with a fireball. I'm glad her dumb pilgrim hat is back. <laughs> I really missed it. I bet you did. <laughs> This prompts a confused Dorothy to take a bucket of water from the well and throw it at her, causing Zelina to melt. Oh my gosh, the animation of Zelina melting was a nightmare. It was really goopy. It was, it was so very goopy. It was so Cronenberg. And I know that that is the second time I have made a Cronenberg reference in this season. Yeah, but so, if the damn shoe fits. Yeah. Right, exactly. I was like, oh God, it's like the fly or something. Like, this is weird. I didn't like it. <laughs> I was not a no fan like. of it. No like. No like. Dorothy then runs and tells Glinda what had happened. But Glinda tells her that what she did to Zelina was the right thing to do. It turns out that Zelina was the evil threat all along. Glinda then offers Dorothy a chance to join the Council of Witches. But Dorothy turns her down and says she's sorry, but she just really wants to go home. Glinda tells her that the wizard, who she believes has returned to his normal form, will return Dorothy to Kansas. As Glinda escorts Dorothy to the yellow brick road, Zelina begins to reform. In present-day Storybrooke, Zelina places the baby at the edge of her weird magical crop circle and starts her spell, only to be interrupted by Emma, David, Hook, Robin Hood, and Regina, resulting in a battle. I did not realize when I watched this episode years ago, the first time, but this time I noticed I was like, oh, the components, the four components represent the four witches. Like, I obviously I got the three being Oz references, and I thought it was just like an Oz reference, Oz reference, Oz reference, baby. 
but they actually they're they're the four witches and the baby is innocence and i'm like okay i get what they're doing now Mm -hmm. and i think that that crop circle design is also carved in the table that the witches sit around oh nice selena has this whole damn monologue at the beginning of this whole scene where she's like once the spell takes effect and she does her dumb time travel that rumple will choose her and it's just, it's exhausting. Like, come on now. No man is worth this much aggravation, you stroppy bitch. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. No. Like, give up, Shimas. <laughs> Mr. Cold advises Hook and Emma to get his Dark One dagger so they can control him and prevent him from killing anyone. Zelina calls down a flying monkey to fight Robin Hood and David, who thankfully remembers that monkeys are their friends. <laughs> because I think someone got yelled at in the writer's room. The previous week robin has the one brain cell among these himbos right now y'all killed four four of them last episode like if only they had had robin with them during the fight last time robin could have stopped the death of four innocent storybrook citizens because apparently he's the only one with the brain <sighs> r.i.p innocent storybrook citizens yeah. <laughs> zelina believing that she has an advantage as she chokes her sister tells Regina that only light magic can defeat her, but Regina's magic is as dark as they come. Regina, however, tells Zelina that she's wrong. Regina conjures up a source of light magic that knocks Zelina away from the dagger, allowing Regina to take away Zelina's pendant, rendering Zelina powerless. Hell yeah, Regina. This was very triumphant, and I am very proud of her. It's also good because prior to that, this fight was really lame. (laughs) It was just a lot of people falling over, over and over (laughs) and over again. I was like, this is the saddest fight scene I've ever had to watch. Yeah, I think most of the rest of the budget for the season is in the next two episodes. (laughs) Which is why they're just like, just fall down a lot. That'll add tension to it. (laughs) The loss of Zelina's powers results in her flying monkeys returning to human form, including Little John, who was nearly beheaded by David. But David hurries and goes to scoop up his little baby boy. Able to finally wield his magic willingly, Gold drags Zelina along the ground with the intention of enacting revenge. However, Regina takes hold of the Dark One dagger and prevents him from doing so, saying that heroes don't kill, and today, she is a hero. And fuck yeah, you are. Yeah, that Regina is so hot right now. Mm-hmm. But, but but seriously, like I'm I'm so proud of her. Like this moment was excellent. It was a great little climax to this battle. Mm-hmm. In our last flashback to the past, Glinda and Dorothy arrive at the Emerald City to see the wizard, who grants Dorothy her wish by giving her a pair of silver slippers to use to return to her world. However, after Dorothy disappears, Glinda discovers that it was Zelina behind the curtain all along. Now that she knows about her being the true threat and revealing her as the greatest evil, Zelina banishes Glinda into a pocket dimension within the northern region of the Enchanted Forest where she can never tell the others. I do think this prophecy could have been Zelina. She could have been the witch to represent innocence if she didn't sabotage herself like this. I really think it was her own choice that made her the evil one of this prophecy. It it could have been about her and Oz. And that's... Sad. That's so sad. After she disappears, Zelina's pendant turns green, indicating Zelina's new power. Flash forward to the present, Regina is at the sheriff's station trying to reason with an imprisoned Zelina in an effort to redeem herself by saying that evil isn't born, it's made. 
Regina leaves her with an offer to change her ways before taking the green pendant to be kept in her vault, which is a fucking terrible idea. Smash that fucker. That's what I thought too, especially since Regina, honey, people have stolen things from your vault before. It's not that secret anymore. No. It's come up where it's been like, the only way that this plot device could have happened is if they stole something from my super secret vault. Oh no, they stole it from my super secret vault. People know about it, Regina. It's not secret anymore. Find a new hiding place. I did enjoy the return of Regina's bum 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 theme, but it was not on bassoon this time. This was her hero version, and it was more like this like... Heroic like, bassoon. Heroic it was heroic. It was like it, was, it definitely had some like harp in there. It was like bum 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 bum, but it was like heroic bum 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 bum. But it was still sounds kind of menacing, so it's still funny. But I liked it all the same. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Chell, and I've been leaving my window open since I was 11 years old in the hopes I would be given the dark gift. You can find me blasting the bodacious soundtrack to The Lost Boys and laughing at memes taking a bite out of the Vampire Chronicles. I'm Tori, and I've been hoping to run into a vampire since I was 12. But like, one I can befriend, not one who will kill me. You can find me reading almost any book with a vampire in it and being angry about the final seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Vampires have ruined our lives. That's why we're making a podcast about it. Our podcast discusses vampire books, movies, TV shows, tropes, folklore, and more. If it's about the fanged undead, we want to talk about it. So tune in to Vampires Ruin My Life, available wherever you find podcasts. Meanwhile, Mr. Gold returns to the pawn shop and is soon joined by Belle, who he embraces as she reaffirms her faith and love in him. Belle then reveals that Regina gave her the Dark One dagger because the Queen knew Belle would not abuse it. Belle gives Gold back his dagger because she believes in him, but on the condition that he promises not to use it to kill Zelina. Oh, Belle, you, you had him promise the same thing before in Season 2, Episode 1. And then he turned around and, and, and did it anyways that time. Bless her poor, sweet, overly naive heart. As Gold takes the dagger, he gives it back to her because he loves her too much to take a risk. Gold then asks Belle to marry him, and she says yes. Over at the hospital, David returns the baby back to Mary Margaret's arms. Hook arrives to thank Emma, who reveals that her powers have not returned. She says she will not need them in New York anyway. Emma then brings Henry over to meet his infant uncle. Hook watches on, disappointed over Emma's choice to leave Storybrooke. Charming just coming in and kissing Snow's forehead was just the loveliest little moment. And I loved the version of it's the, the Hope Returns music theme. 
was like one of the main themes starting the first season and it was just lovely and a little melancholy because of we know emma and what's on her mind and so does hook and we're just like mm. but other than that like it's a lovely little reunion moment unfortunately in a very disappointing twist courtesy of the writer's room chamber of sins against character growth it is later revealed that gold still has not gotten over his vengeance against Zelina because it turns out that the dagger he gave bell was a fake rumple you are a bitch Good way to start a marriage, you dumb bastard. Flames on the side of my face, breathing, heaving, breathing breaths. <laughs> Mr. Gold heads to Zelina's jail cell and tells her of his intent to kill her, despite her protest that she is now powerless. Gold then takes the dagger and kills her, which turns Zelina into a clay statue of herself that suddenly shatters into pieces. However, her clay fragments vaporize into a green cloud and vanish and Zelina's pendant in the vault releases her remaining magic and essence as a green cloud of smoke, which escapes back to the barn and is used to reopen the time portal. Good job, Rumple. End credits. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm all for killing Zelina. Like, you will not find someone more eager, but only if the witch is actually dead. Like, dead dead. Like Korra. You know, you remember all... Y'all do remember Korra, right? You know, the superior villain and Neil. We all remember good boy Neil, who they dared kill. You know, the linchpin for this entire fucking series. You gonna kill the characters I love? Like Gus Gus, poor Gus Gus, who did nothing to nobody. <laughs> you gotta leverage it with the death of someone who actually deserves it. And do not sacrifice character growth for it. Like, it just went all down the toilet and i'm frankly so mad i was talking with like other rumbell fans about this on my personal tumblr because i know that a lot of them they've, they've talked about they're like yeah we all like kind of stop watching like a little into season three or like you know part two season three and i go oh okay i forgot the twist while we were watching it and i was like oh i bet chell is gonna love the engagement scene and then i was just like wait he fucking spoils it five seconds later mm. he ruins it i knew that this was this was a thing like this is not actually a surprise even though i've never seen this episode i did know this part but like as someone who is a big rumpelstiltskin fan am i pleased he's alive sure but i didn't want it to come at the sacrifice of his character growth and he did grow it just negated like neil dying heroically and shit you know, I'm angry and super disappointed by this. Despite this, I did not completely hate this episode. I'm definitely, though, at the point where I have never seen all of this. So this has all been very new and unfolding. Yeah, I didn't hate this episode. I, I, I thought that the Oz witch lore was interesting. And, you know, they weren't shitty. You know, how like like we've met like some some shitty like, OK, the Blue Fairy, right? Here, mm -hmm. perfect example. The Blue Fairy is supposed to be like this epitome of good, right? And and she's supposed to, like, lend a helping hand and teach lessons along the way and blah, blah, blah. blah. But she's definitely a villain. But she's, like, like yeah. she's not a, a good person. <laughs> right, she's not a good person. She's such a fucking villain. Like, they actually did a really good job, I think, depicting Glinda. Like, yeah. she really, she was good. And she didn't even, like, take the credit for, like, that Zelina wanted to give her for, like, helping her out. She's like, no, man, you did this. This is great. You know, like, she was very encouraging and supportive. 
if not slightly done with Selena's time travel shit. <laughs> well, I think we would all. Oh no, it's totally fair that Glinda just gets this look like if you say time travel to me one more time, I'm going to break your neck. (laughs) So yeah, you know, for these like kind of one-off characters that we will literally never see again, not too shabby, you know? Too bad they can't extend the same courtesy to the main fucking cast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I thought this episode was pretty solid. I I enjoyed both the flashback scenes and the present day scenes. And well, overall, the Oz arc hasn't been my favorite especially because it comes right after Neverland, which I think is just the best. But all that aside, I think this episode worked really well as the beginning of this arc's climax. It was exciting. It was emotional. There are some good payoff moments for everything we've we've gone through so far this season. I I had a fun time watching it. There were some things I didn't like, which Chelsea already talked a lot about, but Obviously, I'm not happy with the backslide of Rebel Stilson's character and him lying to Belle like that. That's not okay. Poor Belle. And, you know, some of Emma's behavior where she's kind of backsliding into that lone wolf mode from season one, like that that wasn't great. But there's some really wonderful moments in this. Like, I love not only Regina being able to, like, use white magic because of her loved ones believing in her and recognizing the change that that she's she's gone through that she has become a better person even though she has all these awful deeds in her past she has she has improved she she is doing better and then they have her have this moment of mercy towards Zelina after she wins and you know giving Zelina this opportunity to to grow past her evil deeds as well and I think that's really cool. That was a cool thing they did. I think it was very much in the spirit of the show and the show in its best form. So I thought that was nice. I didn't hate this episode. I also didn't love how much of a brat Emma was in it, though. Like, I get that she liked her make-believe past and her life in New York, and there's a level of mourning for that. But she is just, like, lashing out at literally everyone about it, and it's getting really old. Yeah, she's regressing. Yeah. She's yeah. regressing to season one, Emma. She's just kind of like, I'm mad and I'm going to make that everyone else's problem. And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, you're obviously fussy. Here's your juice box and your gummy <laughs> snacks. Just like, talk to me after you've had your 15 minute nap. Like, I know you've been through a lot and I know you're going through some really traumatic stuff right now. But, but so, so is, is literally everyone, everyone else, else here. So, And they're all here for you. And Not so. to be harsh, but you're not special. <laughs> I mean, she is special and we love her. Oh, I mean, she's <laughs> special, but I mean, like... No, I get it. Yeah, she's well, taking, whatever, she's, she's taking it out. else is going through shit, and they're not just, like, lashing out irrationally everywhere. Yeah. She's taking it out on, on the people she loves, and that's not Yeah, cool. the people are, like, being the kindest and most supportive to her. She's like, fuck you, I don't need nobody. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, thanks. I don't even want you in my life anymore. I want my fake life. And that's it's not great. It's like, it was fake, though? I don't know. Yeah. It's disappointing. It's okay. She's about to have her Back to the Future episode or episodes. I have kind She's of gonna a, have a vague her... idea of what you're talking about. See, George Bailey, you actually did have a wonderful life. <laughs> <laughs> and every time a bell rings, a lesbian gets her sword. Yay. That's right, Zuzu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about costumes. Lots of pencil skirts in this one. Emma, Selena. Okay, I guess it's only two pencil skirts, but I thought it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, 
like Regina is still wearing that hot Gucci number and that that is like you, the the skirt of it is, you know. It's yeah, pencil pencil. <laughs> yeah. Pencily. That's a word, right? It's yeah. Pencily. Yeah, I really wasn't keen on Zelina's past dress. Like uh, I actually like went back and and looked at screen caps of a lot of the costumes and stuff. Like it had potential, but the color and the trim was like really weird. Even the pattern was odd. Dorothy was cute. So like my initial thing was like, oh my God, it's like a sack on her. But then I was like, oh wait, it's probably like a hand-me-down from a larger sized person. Is she Uh, poor? Yeah, because she's super poor. In which case I was like, oh, right. Like I get that. So yeah, I get it. The hemline needs to be a little bit longer. But again, like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The Witches of the East and North had the same silhouette of dress as Glinda because uh, I looked at some screen caps of them of like the side. But yeah, we don't get the details, unfortunately, but they but they look nice. It's unfortunate because we never get to see them standing like they're always sitting at that fucking table, which, by the way, reminds me of the stone table from Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe <laughs> for some reason. The Witch of the North had this gorgeous natural hair, but holy shit, the Witch of the East was like a hot late 1990s, like teased, spiky mess. Like, I I can't describe it. It's like, it's like she's an extra and there's something about Mary or you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's just like, it's not like 80s hair tease. It is definitely 90s, like where like they kind of give it a little poof, but then like the, the ends are like gelled into like these like kind of like spikes even though she has like long hair and i don't mean upward spikes downward spikes i just i can't describe it another like in another way it's just it's just other than unfortunate it's unfortunate i do really love zelena's emerald green capelet in the storybrook scenes i was like oh i would wear the shit out of that and uh, of course again the gucci dress is back on regina and fuck i love it because i love a keyhole neckline and, me too and it's like, i was like i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> And I just wanted her to like start belting show tunes and doing like a little tap number or something in it. You know, like it, it reminded me very much of like, I mean, it would need a little flair and be slightly longer hemline to be like 42nd Street. But the top part definitely like reminded me of like, you know, sweet charity or something. I liked Dorothy's dress. I thought it was cute. That's all I've got. (laughs) I didn't have a whole lot of opinions about this episode, apparently. Apparently not. I was like, Oh, it was cute. I like plaid. <laughs> <laughs> like gingham. I love gingham. It's one of my favorite things. Why don't I own more gingham? Uh, I don't know. You cunt, you cottagecore bitch. You you love some fucking gingham. Right? I know. I would think you would own I'm more gingham. I'm cottagecore AF and I only have like three gingham dresses. <laughs> only three. You have an only orange. three. You have okay. Okay. Oh, you know orange. more. To be, for, to be fair, yeah. like I'm laughing at her saying like only three because that does sound like a lot. But I have actually seen narrator Lynn's closet. And let me tell you, my friends, it's nothing but dresses because that's it what is. she wears. It is. Uh, so, And I got through a lot of my pandemic depression by buying a lot of pretty clothes in 2020 and looking at them in my closet and touching you them. You sure like, did. One day I will get <laughs> to wear you somewhere. And then that, of course, influenced my wardrobe. So now I own some Aww. of these dresses and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, there goes my money <laughs> sailing off into the sunset. But now my, my wardrobe. But you're well-dressed while that's happening. Exactly. <laughs> but I am well-dressed. Which is what I've told myself because god damn. Oh, I just got my first Steady Hands cardigan and I got the uh, the purple magical girl one. 
the one that's just like overall magical girls or the ones that's the one that's sailor moon it's sailor moon yeah the, sailor the one moon. that has the, the big compact on the back mm-hmm. i have that one it's really nice it's so cozy it's really warm it's really warm like i just wear it around the house and i don't have to even turn on the heat i gotta say man i was like man these these are really good bang for your buck no, they are, because I wore mine when we went and saw Cinderella a little bit ago, and, like, everyone was like, it's cold outside, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> yeah, them is toasty. Yeah, I'm I'm up in my uh, outerwear game now. I am now, too, which is weird, because I got rid of most of my outerwear when I moved here, because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to need it. And now I'm like, I don't own any coats anymore. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a winter coat. She's cute. She's all I have. And she loves you. She's mint green. Ooh. She was you wore her yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only winter coat I had, and I knew that we were going to be cold AF. Mm-hmm. All right. should probably play Who's That Guest Star. Yay. So, as Glinda, we have Sunny Mabry. Despite hiding her accent, Sunny is from Alabama. She is a Southern witch. Why didn't they just let her have her Southern accent? She's Glinda of the South. It just makes sense for Glinda of the South to come in with a Southern accent. It's a missed goddamn opportunity, writers. Sunny is known for her roles on Snakes on a Plane, (laughs) Christmas at Graceland, Home for the Holidays, A Unicorn for Christmas, and Cobra Kai. Matreya Scarwinner as Dorothy. Vancouver actress Matreya is known for her roles in Andy the Great, Two Sentence Horror Stories, Fakes, and Lies Between Friends. Karen Holness as the Witch of the North. Canadian actress and dancer Karen Holness is known for her roles in Car 54, Where Are You? Chicago, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Twitches, Cashing In, Make It Pop, The 100, and Corner Gas Animated. Sharon Taylor as the Witch of the East. Vancouver actress Sharon Taylor is known for her roles on Stargate Atlantis, Smallville, Bellevue, Family Surprise, and Supernatural. Bingo card. Bingo card. Do a shot. (laughs) All right. Now it's time for Once Upon a Timeline. So the flashbacks in this episode take place shortly after the final ones we saw in season three, episode 16, It's Not Easy Being Green. And then the flashbacks that we see that take place most closely after this one are most likely those seen in season two, episode five, The Doctor, where Regina's training kind of ramps up a little bit. So that's when she makes her big, her first big evil move. And in Zelina's spying in this episode, we see a very tentative uh, Regina still training with Rumpelstiltskin. So now we have our rants and raves. Woo, what y'all getting up to these holidays? So the, the holidays are pretty good. Lynn and me went to a, a light installation last night at Dis, Discon, Disconso. I thought it was Discano. Discano? It's, no, it's Disconzos. Disconzos? Disconzo. Disconzo? Disconzo. Leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last night we went to Disconzo Gardens. The event was called Enchanted Forest of Lights, and it was very beautiful. It was very dreamlike and, and relaxing and just really lovely and after a couple of of not so good days for me this was just a really nice time and definitely needed so i i would love to go back to those gardens sometimes because this event was wonderful my thing is that i made a lot of good food 
At Christmas Day, it was just us and my parents, and I got to try out the Sailor Moon slow cooker my father-in-law got me last Christmas. So I made mushroom risotto and chocolate pecan pie. And then the day after Christmas, I made southern spicy oven fried tofu and green beans. And that was my highlight is that I cooked a lot. Oh my God, it was so good. I was going to say, you. How, was how was your mushroom risotto? It was really good. Delicious. Like, I think I would add more cheese. I looked at how much cheese they wanted in it, and I was all like, what is this? Because they were like, <laughs> a quarter of a cup of Parmesan for the oh whole thing. And I was what? all like, this is the most miserly Ebenezer Scrooge amount of cheese I've ever seen in my life. What the fuck? I was like, no, 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 fuck no, that. I always so I just like quadrupled it because I was no, like, good, uh -uh. good, good, good. I love risotto so much, and I found a recipe years ago called risotto for one, so mm -hmm. I know how to make, like, the perfect portion for just, like, myself. Ooh. My favorite risottos are, like, yeah, either basic or mushroom risotto. I don't like anything else because it just gets too fancy and too, like, out there, and I think the beauty of risotto is its simplicity, you know? Oh, for sure. So Christmas wasn't as dreadful as I was expecting. <laughs> That's always good. It always is good. Like last year, I could have used my gabapentin, you know, like I was mm -hmm. really like had the shakes and I, I I literally made myself pass out last Christmas. Like I was like, you know what? I'm going to oh, peace no. out. And I just like napped the whole Aww. day. <laughs> it's just like my family's driving me nuts. No, buddy. But this year, my family did not drive me to drink. So yay. Yay. <laughs> and we played some fun board games that my brother brought over. And hey, I won them both. Wah! <laughs> Ariana and I had our belated Yule get-together last night, and I got a great video of her unwrapping my gift, which is a t-shirt I made referencing a Deep Space Nine post on Tumblr, because I, I am the best best friend there is out there. <laughs> on the downside, unfortunately, I tore or strained uh, my left quad, and I have to wear a knee brace for at least a month, and I have oh. to stay off my feet as much as I can, which for someone who doesn't drive... And who plays a lot of Pokemon Go is really pathetically sad. Oh, but yeah. sorry. I know. Hope I you know. feel better soon. Thank you. All right. So I know this episode is going out on New Year's Day. So we just want to say one more time that we wish everyone a safe, happy, and healthy New Year. We thank you so much for being with us on this journey through Once Upon a Rewatch. And I really hope your New Year is everything you hope for and more. Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch. While Mary, Margaret, and David celebrate the naming of their baby, Emma and Hook are pulled into Zelina's time portal and find themselves in the enchanted forest of the past. But in their quest to discover a way back, they must be careful not to change anything or risk altering the lives of their friends and family, as well as their very own existence. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is... <sighs> Enough with your timey-wimey bullshit. You could have been in a girl gang polycule. Talk fairy tales with us on anchor.fm slash once upon a rewatch. Tweet us at once upon rewatch. Participate in episodic polls on Instagram at once upon rewatch. Follow us at once upon a rewatch.tumblr.com. If you enjoy once upon a rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice. The artwork for our podcast was by Lychee Ruru. We want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairy Tale Waltz. 
This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License. And remember, all plot devices come with a price. Merlin just ran into a cabinet. <laughs> Merlin. Oh, I'm sorry. She, I shouldn't laugh, but you know. no, it was it was funny. She uh, she didn't break in time. Otis did that today. He he was he had this like mid afternoon zoomies, mm-hmm. and he I don't know if he knew that my mother's door was closed as it had oh, been no. closed all day, but he crashed right into it, and then he skidded back to my room. <laughs> and I was like, okay, bye. Buddy. Buddy, what's going on?